told Satan to get me behind me. Victory is mine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Judges chapter 6. Amen. Judges chapter 6, verse 1, and then we're going to jump down to verse 7 and read through verse 18. Amen. Praise God. We are serving an awesome, 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 awesome God. Judges chapter 6, start with verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of Midian seven years. Verse 7. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians, and out of the hands of all that oppressed you. And drove them out from before you, and I gave you their land, and I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, and said unto Oak, which is in Ephrath, that pertaineth to Joash the Abyssalite, and his son Gideon thrashed wheat by the winepress, to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our father told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. Praise God. Father, we praise you. Again, Lord, we magnify you. We exalt you. We thank you for your word that we've heard thus for this day, God. Lead us, God, and guide us and direct us, O Lord, again today, Jesus. I thank you that you give us revelation and insight and understanding, God, into your ways and your thoughts and your patterns and your plans. God, let us live according to that word that you give us day by day. We thank you again today for your goodness and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Praise God. And I want to talk to you from this thought. It's time to get from behind the wine press. It's time to get from behind the wine press. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. You know, when we look at the Bible and we begin to read the Bible, if anybody should have had wisdom and knowledge and understanding and able to stay out of trouble, it should have been the children of Israel. Israel's God's chosen seem to always seem to find themselves in trouble over and over again and continuous throughout the scriptures. It seems like for some reason they never get to the point to where they're understanding what God desires of them and what God has chosen them for and to be. It seems that they're constantly disobeying the instructions that are given unto them by God to cause them to be successful and to live victorious over their enemy and to always be successful in what God wants them to be. When I read the scripture, how clear and how plain could the instructions be to them? Paul would later write to the book in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. He said that the gospel that was preached to us was also preached to them as well, but they did not mix their faith with the word when they heard it. So you can see if we do not mix our faith with the word of God, it's not going to be any any different changes. There's not going to be any changes in our lives. We have to get to the part where we believe what God is saying to us and trying to show us. This is what Paul says to Timothy, that all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, instructions, and righteousness. We've got to get to use, get to that point in our lives where when we read God's Word, we obey God's Word. This is what James is trying to sell us, to not just be a hearer of God's Word, but we've got to learn to be doers of God's Word. God is trying to take us to a different place. He's trying to take us to a place where we learn and see what He's trying to do for us and through us. When I read the Word of God, I'm always looking at what happened. Why did it happen? And what lessons can I learn from their mistakes. If we were to look at the Word of God and begin to follow the Word of God, as Paul tells us the things was written for, was written for our example, that we don't make the same mistakes. Amen. And so if we read the Word of God and we follow the Word of God, we shouldn't make those same mistakes that they made over and over again because we have the Word of God now that has been given to us. Uh, amen. Some people say, well, God forgave David because he fell, but yes, he did, but why did you fall if you knew that that's what happened to him? It's there for a reason. You know, we got to wake up and realize the value of God's Word here. Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 10, he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. How all our fathers was under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea, and they was all baptized by Moses in the cloud and in the sea. But then he goes on and he says, with many of them, God was not well pleased, because they never got to the point where they would obey what God's Word was telling them and what God was telling them to do. 
Amen. And he goes on in the Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. He says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. We need to be alert to what is transpiring. And as we feel and we look, if I feel like I'm getting cold in the things of God, I need to wake up. If I ever get to a point where I feel like I don't want to go to church, I'm getting cold. If I ever get to a point in my life that I don't feel like worshiping God, I'm getting cold. If I ever get to a point where I feel like I don't want to give to God, I'm getting cold. My spirit is beginning to win and go cold in the things of God. One of the things you find out in the book of Leviticus, they are told to never let the fire go out of the altar. If they ever let the fire go out of the altar, they lose. That's what happened to Eli. He was the high priest, but what did he do? He allowed the fire to go out of the altar. And as a result, God called Samuel to replace him. We've got to realize that God's words and his warnings now are for our learning so that we do not follow and make the same mistakes over and over and over again in our lives. And so we see here the Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, 14, Follow peace with all men and holiness without shall no man see the Lord. Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any roots of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Let there be in any fornication or profane person as Esau, who for one more shall meet, sold his birthright. For you know how that afterwards, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought for it carefully with tears. The story of Esau. Amen. If you don't value your birthright, amen, you're going to lose. This new birth that has been given to us by God is designed to hold on to, amen, and to live a new life. We are born again of the water and the spirit. This gospel that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Amen. Don't just think it's a one-time deal and I got it made. No, you have got to become doers of God's word and not just hearers only. You've got to exercise your faith in the word of God. They did not mix their faith with the word when they heard it. And as a result, they just kept going further and further away from God. But it should not happen to you and I. We must realize that God's word is designed to be mixed with our faith so that we walk by faith and not by sight so that we're victorious and steadfast and unmovable in the things of God. We are called upon the whole armor of God so that we will not fall in the walls of the devil. We have an enemy. He's out there to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God wants you to have life and that more abundantly. But Israel never seems to learn the lesson. Wow. How many times you got to go through something before you wake up? <laughs> I don't have to be taught the same thing two or three times. Amen. We, they never seem to wake up. Now notice in today's passage here, Israel was delivered into the hands of the Midianites, the Bible says what, for seven years because of disobedience. 
And God sent the prophet to tell them while they was in the situation. And as a result of that, then an angel came and he sits down under the tree, the oak tree, and he's, he's watching Gideon, who is there behind the wine press, or beside the wine press, he's thrashing wheat. Because every time they would get something, the enemy would come and take it away. Amen. And as a result, they're being depressed, they're being uh, tormented by their enemies of their soul, and as a result, they see it that God don't love them, that God doesn't care for them. And this is why when the angel said to Gideon, Blessed thou mighty man of valor, Gideon comes back and he says, If God is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Well, he just told you, because the fact of the matter is, you're not obeying God's voice. God sometimes will let your enemy torment you and defeat you to get you to be able to see what he's trying to get you to do. When you're not obeying then God's word, he don't have a problem with let your enemy come against you to teach you a lesson, amen, to turn your hearts back to him. This is why Solomon says in Proverbs 29.1, he that being often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy, amen, God will allow your enemies to come in to get you to turn your hearts back, and that's why you see constantly throughout the scriptures, when Israel is in disobedience, God lets their enemies come in and destroy them, amen, to get their minds to turn around, and then they start to pray to God, and they begin to seek God, amen, for their deliverance, but we shouldn't have that problem, you and I, today, we don't need the enemy to torment us, we don't need the enemy to defeat us, because we've got the word of God, and we know what the word of God says, uh, and we must live according to God's word, uh, so that the enemy does not have to torment me, and God does not have to let the enemy defeat me to wake me up. Amen. Gideon says, why is it all happening to us? Well, because you're not listening to what God says. Amen. But he says to Gideon, God is going to use you to deliver Israel as one man. Think about it. I'm going to use you to deliver my people. And what does Gideon say? I'm the least in my family. My, my tribe, my dad's tribe is, is the least of all the tribes. We're the tribe of Benjamin. We're the least. And I'm the least. See, when you have been disobedient so long, you don't see yourself as being able to do nothing. You don't, you don't think you can do anything to accomplish anything in God. See, when you've been in captivity for so long, when, when you, the enemy is just tormenting you day in and day out, amen, it doesn't seem like you are able to do anything for God. You will find yourself fearful. Gideon seems to be fearful, amen. All Israel seems to be fearful, just like they were fearful of Goliath, amen. When you are disobedient for so long, fear sets in in your life, and you don't feel like you can accomplish anything in God. 
God. You'll get to the point you'll say, well, I'm not going to lead prayer at that church. Oh, no, you're not sitting putting me in front to lead prayer. I can't do that. No, I'm not going to teach children in Sunday school. I don't have that caliber or that ability anymore. Oh, no, I'm not going to do this. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. You don't see yourself as being able to do anything. Because you let fear torment you. That's what John says. Fear torment us. Amen. Because we're not made perfect in love. See? And so we have to get to that point. Amen. That we begin to do what God is calling us to do. Gideon doesn't seem to himself to think that he can do it. The same way that Gideon didn't feel like he was capable. Look at Moses. Moses says, I am of slow speech. I am not able to do it. Amen. They all seem to find an excuse why they cannot do what God is trying to show them and choose them to do. But notice with Moses and Gideon and many of the others through the scripture, God gives them exceeding promises. I will be with you. I will not forsake you. When God calls us to do something, it's not going to be of our doing. He already knows what He's going to do. He just needs a willing vessel to step forward uh, because He's going to do the work. Uh, and this is why the enemy, I mean, the, the angel said to Gideon, you're going to deliver Israel as one man. In other words, it's not going to be you, Gideon. God is going to do it through you. You're going to have power that you don't realize that you have. You're going to have power to be able to walk on the enemy. That's why the Bible says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions uh, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. When you are born again of the water and the Spirit, God puts His power in us. You have not chosen me, Jesus says, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you shall go forth and bring forth fruit, uh, that your fruit shall remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, that he will give unto you. We've got to get away from behind the wine press. Uh, we've got to come out from behind our excuses uh, that I'm not capable, that I can't do this and I can't do that, uh, and I don't have the talents and I don't have the abilities. Uh, God is going to use you in these last days. Amen. You're a chosen generation. You're your priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're a peculiar people, that you should show up the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're not chosen to sit on a pew. You are chosen to be in the front forefront doing what God has called you to do. Amen. Paul says to the church of Rome in the 10th chapter, But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who have believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have not they heard? Yes, verily, the Son went into all the earth, and the words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. 
people, and thy foolishness, and I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not of me. But to Israel, he said, all day long have I stretched forth my hand unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. God says, I've been reaching for you. I've been calling you. I'm trying to help you. But you just keep disobeying. There's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every weapon that rise and tongue that rise up against you in judgment you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of the Lord. For their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So they shall they fear the name of the Lord from the east and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. But now thus saith the Lord that created me, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by my name, thou art mine, when thou pass through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee, when thou walkest through the fire, they shall not burn thee, neither shall the flames kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismay, I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness, saith the Lord Almighty. God is with you, amen. And so Gideon is wondering if God is with us, then why is all this happening? Are you disobedient to the word of God? James says, don't just be a hearer. You've got to be a doer of God's Word. See, you can't be professing to be Christians. The enemy will work right through that. He knows. And he will come in and destroy. We have to realize we have to do what God has called us to do. Gideon says, I'm the least. But Ages says, no, you're a mighty man of valor. You know, I wonder, as I read that passage, I wonder if Gideon was in the war before, and he was a great victorious soldier in Israel's army. You know, or was God just saying, guess what? I'm going to make you something mighty, Gideon. I'm going to use you to be victorious. You're going to be great. You're going to be mighty Things in my name. Amen. The doors has been opened for us. And we've got to walk through those doors that God has taken for us. Amen. And I'm afraid one of the things these days that we're not careful, we can get in a hurry and we don't wait on God. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. What is God trying to do in your life? What is God calling you to be? And what is God designed to do through you? 
He desires to make you mighty men and women of valor. He's called you to deliver his people. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them or hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, uh, and they shall recover. Jesus come out of the wilderness, uh, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, the priest deliverance to the captives, uh, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set up liberty them that are bruised, uh, and to preach the acceptable years of the Lord. You are the anointed ones. God desires to do great and mighty things through you. Don't be too quick to run away. Every time the enemy showed, Israel ran. They hid. You can't keep running. You've got to get to the point to where you take God by the hand and you say, God, wherever you leave me, God, wherever you take me, God, wherever you send me, that's where I'm going to go and that's what I am going to do. I am not going to lean to my own understanding and all my ways I will acknowledge you and I will allow you to direct my path. When we come through these doors, uh, we can't set a time limit uh, to just say, uh, well, that part is over. Now i got to get out of here. No, you need to get in the habit uh, that if you have not gotten what you came through the doors to get, uh, that you don't leave until you get what you came for. If you came with expectations, uh, if you came looking for something, uh, you've got to learn how to wait upon God uh, and not lean to your own understanding. You can run out all the time, uh, but I guarantee you, if you don't learn how to wait on God, uh, amen, the enemy will always torment you and cause you to be defeated in your faith and your walk with God. You've got to learn how to lean and trust and hold the God's unchanging hand. When you look at Mary Magdalene, you see what transpires at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mary Magdalene went to that tomb. She went there to see Jesus Christ. She went looking to see Jesus Christ. But when Peter and John came, they came running. They knew when she says he's not here. They came running. They looked in there, and they didn't see him. And what did they do? They left. They did not wait around. But Mary stayed there. She stayed weeping, and she looked in again. And when she looked in the second time, she saw an angel on this end and one on that end. And the angel says to her, why are you seeking the living 
among the dead. He's not here. He's risen just like he told you he was going to rise. Amen. And then she sees the gardener. Amen. And she thinks of the gardener, but she realizes after she says to him, Sir, if you've taken him, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him. And Jesus says to her, Mary, she recognizes his voice, because Jesus says, My sheep know my voice, and I am known of him. And she says, Rabboni, which means master. And Jesus says, Don't touch me, but go and tell my brothers to meet me. Amen. She came looking. She stayed there until she got what she was looking for, and it made all the difference in the world. What are you looking for today? Amen. It's time to get from behind the wine press. Stop hiding behind your excuses. Stop hiding behind poor health. Stop hiding behind I gotta go to work. Stop hiding behind I can't teach Bible studies. Stop hiding and making excuses. That's the wine press. That will keep you tormented by the enemies of your soul. You've got to get from behind the wine press. You've got to come out and say, here am I, God. You me. God, whatever you need, whatever you want, I'll do it, Jesus. I'm not going to fear what the enemy can do. I'm not going to be afraid of what people say. I'm going to live according to your will and your way. And so, Jesus, if you can use anything, you can use me. Praise God. Stop behind behind excuses. I can't memorize scriptures. That's the wine press. How do you able to pass a test in school? A closed book test. How do you pass it? You memorize the lesson. You memorize it. So you can pass the test. They don't let you take the driver's license book into the driver's license examination center. You memorize those signs. You memorize the the directions, all that stuff, so you can pass. It's no different in the Word of God. You can memorize. Get from behind the wine press. Get from behind the excuses. So God can use you in these last days. What legacy are you going to leave? What are you going to leave? What are, what are people going to say about you when you leave? What are they going to talk about? We've got to get from behind the wine press. The angel said to Gideon, you're a mighty man of Valerie, Gideon. He says, but I'm weak. No, you're strong. God is going to use you. God is going to make a difference in your life. And the first thing you see Gideon is called to do, God says, go pull down all the false idols. So go pull down all the, the, the shrubberies and everything. And the first thing he does is tear down everything of theirs that is there. And they says, who did this? Who did this? They says, Gideon, the son of Joash, has tore all this stuff down. Amen. And then they tried and was going to kill him because he had tore down the towers of Baal. Amen. And you see Gideon get more fierce. And as a result, if you follow his his lineage line. Amen. He's 
faith, but he's still pursuing things. Uh, amen. He's able to destroy his enemies that is against God's people and against God. Amen. And I come to tell you today that God wants you to go forth to accomplish uh, the things that he's called you to do. But you've got to get from behind the wine press. Uh, you've got to come out from among them uh, and be separate, saith the Lord. Uh, amen. The Bible goes on in Hebrews chapter 11. He uh, says, For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, uh, amen, and Barak, and of Japheth, and of David, and Samson, amen, and Samuel, who through faith subdued kingdoms, uh, work righteousness, receive promises, shut the mouths of the lions, wipe fire and fight, turn to flight the army of the Indians. Uh, they did great things uh, because they began to walk by faith. They began to trust God. Uh, amen. You have not even tapped the resource uh, that God has for you. You have not did half of the things uh, that God desired to do through you and through me. We've got to get from behind the wine press. Uh, we've got to get out from behind the excuses uh, of our lives and allow God uh, to do great and mighty things. Through us, amen. Don't keep saying I can't when God says you can. Paul says I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. God does not want you to be weak. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to deliver his people from the hands of the enemies of your soul. But you've got to make up your mind and get it right and says I'm not going to obey disobey God's word, but I'm going to be a doer of God's word and not just a hearer only. Get from behind the wine press. Wherefore, the writer says, seeing we have also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your own minds. It's time to get behind the wine press. It's time that you come out and allow God to use you for the purpose that he has chosen you for. One man, Gideon, worked mighty work with God because he was willing to come out when God called him out. A mighty warrior of God Almighty. Let's stand this evening. Are you hiding behind the wine press? What have you accomplished in God in the last 90 days? If you had to write out a list of what you've accomplished in Christ in the last 90 days, 
how many things would be on your paper? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, zero, one hundred. How many things have you accomplished with him? Have we let the enemy torment us so bad? Have we allowed the enemy to deceive us that we put other things before God? Have we allowed our enemies to tell us we're not good enough? We can't accomplish anything. We can't do anything. We're not good. We don't have the abilities. Have we allowed that to happen to us? Do we see church as just checking a block? Or is there things we need God to do in our lives, but we don't give Him a chance? And we lose our faith because we get in a hurry and not allow him the chance to do the things that he desires in our lives. It's time to get from behind the wine press. I want you to step out today. I want you to step out from what's been hindering you, from being what God said about you what God had chosen you for and what God desired you to do. And I want you to get back to Him. And I want you to get Him back in His rightful place and in His right place of your lives so that you can accomplish the things that God desired to accomplish you through you. So that you're not tormented. So that you're not faithless. So that you don't feel like you're worthless. But you always walk with a victorious spirit and a victorious heart, knowing that God has chosen you for such a time as this, and that God is working all things for your good. Amen. Let's do that day for a while. Let's come out from among them. Amen. And allow God to change us today.